holder. I'm a kingdom ambassador. Every day, in every way, I'm getting better. I don't struggle to walk in the world because I'm a product of the world. The word of God has made me wise. The word of God giving me strength. The word of God has empowered me to restore, recover everything I have lost. I am moving forward. I'm very better. Financially, I'm very better. Spiritually, I'm very better. Physically, I'm very better. The devil is under my feet. Come on, give God a hand of praise. Somebody shout, we are taking over. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm moving to the next level. Meet me up there. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated, be seated, be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm particularly very grateful and happy to stand before you. And by the grace of God, I'm here. Praise the Lord. I'd like us to appreciate the 1,000 mark fire. Hallelujah. I see the glory of God upon your faces. Something great is happening. I see somebody coming with a, a, a thunderous and amazing testimony. I see you coming up with an earth-breaking testimony. Now listen to me, a testimony that will cause confusion on the traffic. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, excellent. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. Second Timothy. 3, 15, and 16. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The, the, the message that God has laid in my heart to bring forth this morning is not a usual message. And you got that has to do with uh, scriptural interpretation. I don't want to leave you ignorant of the things of the kingdom. As a white householder, you must be different. You must stand tall, even among believers. That's one of my preoccupations. 
And I thank God for helping us to do just that. Praise the Lord. So this message this morning, I titled Scripture, the Scripture and you. The Scripture and you. And for you to go through the Christian life successfully, you must know your engagement with the Scripture. You must know your position with the Scripture. So when you talk about Scripture, you're talking about life in Christ. Hallelujah. So this morning I want us to a very uh, attentive. And as I bring you to the message God laid in my heart to bring to us. Second Timothy 3, verse 15 and 16. And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Next verse. All scripture, somebody say all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Jesus said. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for the privilege to share your word this morning. And thank you for opening the hearts of the people that at the end of this message we will be better off. Give us the illumination, the revelation of your word. Let it encompass us. And then at the end of the day, let your name and your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' name, Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, before I go into the message, I'd like you to pay attention to the scripture. In, in verse 16, it said the scripture. It didn't say the scriptures. It said the scripture is written to reprove you, to correct you, to make, to make it profitable for you as a doctrine, and to give you an instruction. Now, the scripture is a document of truth. The scripture is a document of truth which is able to make you wise in things of the kingdom. The scripture is the word of God. But the Bible is not holding the word of God. But it said the scripture. It didn't say the scriptures. Meaning that you have the scriptures, but that is the scripture. So the, the Bible is a compendium of information. But part of it is not 
God's word. The Bible is not holy God's word. If it is not doctrine, it is not God's word. Now, the Bible is written in diverse dimensions. Well, the Bible is narrative, the Bible is historical, the Bible is prophetical, and the Bible is a doctrine, the word of God. In the Bible, the devil spoke. And in the Bible, the thief spoke. Liars spoke. Idolaters spoke. They are not all the doctrine, the word of God, but they are in the Bible. So people sometimes take whatever they take from the, from the, from the word of God and say it is in the Bible. That is in the Bible does not mean it is the word of God. And that's why the Bible says that we should rightly divide the word of God, meaning to select and separate which one is of God. If we don't have the knowledge of this, then we take things, we just take things that we shouldn't eat, garbage, and say it is in the word of God. And that's why you see Christians go out there and take scriptures and take everything they want to take, they say it's in the word of God. But at the White House, I don't want to make you ignorant. I don't want to leave you ignorant of the sound doctrine. Praise the Lord. And praise the Lord. So, in the Bible, the Bible is descriptively written and inscriptively written. Hello? Are you here? The Bible is what? Descriptively written and inscriptively written. So when it is descriptive, the Bible can be uh, telling you a, a story about something. And not, not necessarily the word of God. There are stories told in the Bible. Some of them are stories of, of waywardness. Stories of disobedience. Praise the Lord. And in the Bible, there are people who spoke. Idioms spoke. Spiritism took place. So many things. But our own preoccupation is to make sure that we are able to pick the Word of God. So when we say the scripture, we are referring to the Word of God, the Word that God spoke. And then the doctrine which is mainly the episodes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The doctrine, which is the mainly, which mainly the, refers to the episodes. So when we say all scripture, that is say scriptures, so it means that all word of God in the Bible is given by inspiration that God made them to write it inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction and for righteousness now every word of God every word every preaching if anybody preach anything that is on base on the righteousness of God is not the gospel. 
This gospel of Jesus is all about righteousness. And not man's righteousness, but his own righteousness. So when people take pictures of self-performance and put it just suppose God's word, they miss it. Now, but the Bible is also written by, by people as inspired as some stories are told referring to the background. So when you want to take the scripture for interpretation, you must interpret it, you must interpret the word of God based on the writer. So your duty is to express the mind of the writer. You are not expected to put in your own or remove your own or do it to or, or trying to manipulate the scripture to suit your purpose. The scripture is interpreted based on background. And now it has to do, it, it could be from cultural background or by people, a certain certain scriptures, certain verses were written, particularly per time, based on the background of the people or what was happening to the people per time. So when people take scripture and do not you know try to find out why it was written and to whom it was written and when it was written, they misinterpret the value and the profit. And they mistake and playing it by placing it side by side with the scripture and the epistles. I praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the scripture. If it is the scripture, it is the purpose is to make you wise unto God. Praise the Lord. You cannot interpret the scripture without considering the dispensation. God moves with dispensation. God moves from Genesis in the Old Testament, he moved to the law, the days of Moses, and then moved to the time of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Even though Jesus had been in reflecting as a typology from Genesis to Revelation. Praise the Lord. So when we take scripture, we must, first of all, also understand under which dispensation that the scripture was written. Now, for instance, I'd like to give you an example. I'd like you to come with me. I'd like you to emphasize that uh, verse 15, which says, and that from childhood, Apostle Paul was 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 writing to his son in the ministry praise the lord and it was it was counseling him it was referring to how much he has to tell him and say you know that from childhood i have taught you the world and you have known it, the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation praise the lord so the purpose of this document called scripture is to bring man into the place of wisdom. Hello? The purpose of the document called scripture is to bring man into the place of wisdom. 
in the subjects of salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the subject of salvation. And this salvation is through faith which must be in Christ Jesus. The true faith which must be in what? In Christ Jesus. It is a faith that must be uh, uh, predicated or that hinges on Christ Jesus. And Apostle Paul was saying in verse 16, he said, said, all scripture is profitable, number one, for doctrine. It means for teaching and explanation of Christ. First of all, the scripture's purpose is for teaching about Christ, explaining about Christ, and talking about who Christ is. It's not talking about sin. It's not talking about bread and water. It's not talking about business. It's first and foremost to talk about Christ and teach about Christ and tell us about who Christ is and talk about his righteousness and salvation. If it is not for the teaching and for the explanation of who Christ is, then it is not the scripture. If you teach, if you are a pastor, you teach, or you preach, and your preaching and teaching does not reveal Christ, or does not focus on Christ, or does not even refer to Christ, it's not the gospel. No matter how sound it may be, so there are so many preachers here preaching, and they are not preaching the gospel of Jesus. But if it is for the teaching and explanation of Christ, it is designed also for reproof. Reproof. To reposition you. To direct you. It's for correction. To correct you. Teach you the way to go. To give you instructions or in righteousness. The center point is righteousness. Because everything is within the ambits and frame of righteousness. That's more reason why we should understand what righteousness is. When you understand what righteousness is, you discover that grace is a mystery. So when a believer is exposed to every good doctrine, exposed to reproof, exposed to correction, exposed to instruction, in righteousness, he arrives at a place of perfection, a place of maturity. Then you see old men or people who have been in the ministry for years, they are not mature in scripture. 
because they read and interpret scripture without consideration of the background, without consideration of the dispensation, without consideration of the mind of the writer. They read the scripture with their head, without considering the culture surrounding that scripture. So today, most believers are not mature in scripture. They are not given to correction. When you try to correct them, they tell you no, they know. And some people will tell you they do this and then, uh, uh, this is how we have been doing and we have been getting results. So, God is amazing God. God is not giving you results because you are doing it correctly. When God told Moses to go, points to the rock for the water to come. But what Moses got there, instead of just pointing, hits the rock. But water stayed there. Even though he did it wrongly. Praise the Lord. God gives results. Just, God is just merciful. And he's committed to bless his people. If God is going to bless because you did it to well, nobody. If you hardly you see anybody except those who are working within the framework of righteousness. Praise the Lord. So, for instance, let's take a look at Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 5. Someone say, My enemy is the throne. The throne, that's why we said in those days, the throne, my enemy. Chapter 22, verse 5. And the Bible says, A woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man. Nor shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all who do so are abomination to the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In this scripture, Moses was writing, was telling his people. The Bible, take notes, the Bible here did not say a woman should not wear trousers. In fact, there is no word trousers mentioned in this entire scripture. But people read it and use their head, they read, they read it and put their head, they read it from their own head and conclude that when they say a woman should not wear what for pertains to man, it is trouble. That's why I said, when you want to interpret the scripture, you interpret the scripture with the mind of the writer. What is the writer was trying to explain? This man was not talking about trouble. He was talking about what men were and what women were, and he was talking to Israelites. The Israelites were going to take over Canaan, land, and in Canaan land there were all short shades of people. There were Anakins, there were Jebusites, there were all sorts of people in Canaan land. And in that Canaan land there were giants and there were homosexuals. They were all homosexuals. And Moses was now telling them, my people, the place you are going, 
they are homosexuals. It's a place where men wear women things. It's a place where women wear men things based on their dress code, on their culture. When you get there, do not behave like them. Don't follow them to wear women when you are a man. Don't follow to wear what women are wearing there. Because as homosexuals, they will sometimes the man will wear what women will wear. As soon two people will be walking together, you think they are, they are women, but they are men. They are men, rather. Praise the Lord. Moses was saying, don't go there and behave like them. He was not talking about trouser. Because if you are talking about cultural background, there, there are places where they wear gowns. One of the dress codes of the Jewish people is so for men to wear gowns. Even Jesus wore gown. That is for you a, a dressing that belongs to a woman. Because for that said, men tie clothes. So you will say now that that we wrong. So when people talk about women wear trousers, they talk so far from out of ignorance. And I don't want to remain in that ignorant Roman state. The Bible was is some forbidden trousers. In fact, the best dress that a woman should wear that covers women wear is trousers. So people who don't understand the scripture, they will say it's in the Bible. And that was why I tell you from the beginning, so not everything in the Bible that is the word of God. The Bible is not holy, they are meant to color the scripture. The scripture is a document that has to do with salvation and the righteousness of God. That will prove you and teach you and correct you and instruct you about God's salvation and the righteousness. If it is not that, it's not the scripture. There are narratives in the Bible. There are reportorial write-ups in the Bible reporting what happened. And there are stories about people. And people who misbehave. It's not the word of God. It's just there. Praise the Lord. So there were anarchists in that land, Jebusites. And they were all into what? Homosexualism. And Moses took it upon himself to counsel his people. As you are going to that place, you are going to meet giants, you are going to meet people who are homosexuals. Men wear, deliberately wear women dress to deceive. Why women wear deliberately men dress to deceive. You don't have to do like them. You have to remain who you are and be distinguished. And I like to tell us in this White House, as a White House phone member, you have to be distinguished. When you step out there, they should know where you are coming from. They should know the church where you are worshiping God. That we are of sound doctrine. Somebody shout excellence. Hallelujah. 
So, the Bible must be rightly divided because of the multifacetedness of the documents called the Bible. To rightly divide means to carefully interpret the Bible, picking and separating the word spoken by God from the word spoken by others. Be able to dissect and separate God's word from other words in the Bible. God's report from other reports in the Bible. So the purpose of the scripture is to bring God to a place of understanding, a place of maturity, and a place of wisdom in righteousness. Praise the Lord. Yet another example. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His Lord. Praise the Lord. Next verse. In whom we have what? Redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. Note that there is a difference between deliverance and casting out of devils. Hello? From that scripture, we have the understanding that deliverance is different from casting out of devils. I also have the understanding that. Deliverance is about being born again. When you are born again, you are delivered from the kingdom of darkness and translated to the kingdom of light in Christ where Jesus is your Lord and Savior. So no believer is possessed of the devil. So when church gather and engage in deliverance, one person can waste a whole day. Everybody will be watching. Tell me, what's your name? How many of you are operating? What did you do? Hey, hey, bam, bam. Scattering the whole. Everybody will be watching. Devil. They will just waste a whole day pursue one person that they claim to be a demon possessed. Now, if you have born, if you are born again, that so deliverance is the, is the, is the mystery of conveying someone from darkness to light. And where there is light, there can be no darkness. And if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, devil cannot dare come near you or say he's possessing you. If you are a believer and you still suffer, Devil oppression it is lack of knowledge. Yes, and that's why Jesus lamented. 
And she said, my people, this other book, she said, my people perish for what? For lack of what? Knowledge. If you don't know that when you are born again, that the devil is under your feet, then it's your business. Listen to me, if you have been born again, you have been conveyed, you have been extracted, you have been exonerated, you have been freed, you have been liberated from everything that the devil can do because the only thing that has devil, that gives devil the, the, the legal right to lay hold on you is sin. And that sin has been washed away with the blood of Jesus. And you are purchased with the blood of Jesus. And that is the highest, the most precious thing in heaven and earth. Money cannot buy it. You are precious. Look at yourself. Look at yourself very well. See, as I, as I did so. Jesus himself shed his blood just to make sure I am free. He did it. I believe it. I am free. And I'm free to you tomorrow. I'm, I'm free for eternity. Every other thing they are saying concerning is a lie. The devil comes to you and says, God, 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 the devil is telling lies. The devil is a liar. He's a liar from the beginning. His father is a liar. His mother is a liar. Everything. If he had a mother, he's a liar. If he had a father, he's a liar. Everything, the devil is liar. Liar, liar, liar. Anything that talks against your freedom is a liar. Anything that tries to indict and impeach your own freedom is a liar. You were purchased with something expensive above heaven and the earth. And that is why you should walk shoulder hard and make me angry for devil. Praise the Lord. If you don't know why are the things in the kingdom that if you don't know who you are and you don't operate in that knowledge, you don't benefit from it. And that's why Jesus said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Meaning that if you don't have the knowledge and believe it, you suffer. Huh. But I pray in this assembly, no harm shall come your house. In this assembly, we are free. In this assembly, we are blessed. So it is the mystery of moving a man from under the dominion of darkness to the kingdom of light. So everyone that is born again is delivered. Some believers will submit to the dominion of Satan and say they want to cast out them. Praise the Lord. They suffer for lack of knowledge. I give you this example and what I know. The first book of Samuel, the Bible tells us about a lady called Hannah. Hannah was married to a man called Elkanah. And has a mate, Penina. Praise the Lord. The Bible tells us that Hannah was the first wife of, 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 of Elkanah. And Hannah was righteous. 
Anan was going to Shiloh every day, every year when Shiloh comes up. I Penina was not going to church. Praise the Lord. But Hannah was childless. And people say Hannah was barren. I say Hannah was barren. Hannah was never barren. And anywhere they say that, they know they are telling lies. The teacher is telling lies. Anna was not barren. Anna was child. There's a difference between childlessness and being barren. A, a barren woman cannot be a child. Praise the Lord. A barren woman can never bring forth a child. Hannah was not barren. Number two, shock. Hannah was childless. And it's God that closed her womb. And she was a believer. Why? Say, Pastor, why? Pay attention. When God wants to move, make a move, He looks for a person. When God was, when time was right for God to bring forth, Jesus, God found Mary. At the time, judges were ruling Israel. Facts. They were so rough. They didn't understand God's mercy. They were so ruthless and so careless and so disobedient. And then God decided to refresh the generation. God decided to do away with that generation and start afresh with new people. And if he was to do that, he needed somebody. He needed a new judge that would not be like the rest. Praise the Lord. And that judge has to come from a woman. God does not break his own rule. For anybody to come to this earth, you must come through a woman. If you didn't come through a woman, then you are illegal here. And that's why Satan is illegal. So I'm not going there now. So God has to look for a vessel. And that vessel must be a child of God. And that particular time as well, Hannah needed a child. And so it was a spiritual gate. God needed a child. Hannah needed a child. Praise the Lord. And Hannah was lucky enough to be the one that God's eye was upon to bring forth the new judge. And for Hannah to know that this baby is not for her, that this baby is coming from God. God needed to draw her attention to know that she clo God closed her womb. 
So in the process of searching for a child, she received a revelation that the baby is coming, that that baby is of God. Hallelujah. She's been going to Shiloh every year by year, but this time, she got the understanding that as a child of God, she shouldn't lack baby. This time around, she was praying with the understanding of a believer. And as she was petitioning God, why should it be? I'm a child of God. The Bible says her lips were moving, but you cannot hear her voice. Powerful prayer is not how much you shout. Powerful prayer is a prayer that you pray with understanding. This time around, she understands who she was. And she was ready to claim what belongs to her. And God said, yes, you are on point. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, in her prayer, she got the understanding. That no, this year, she needs her baby and the baby was son. So, God, I am your child and in the baby. Praise the Lord. And God said, yes, you have a baby. But that baby, first and foremost, is for me. And that was why, when she finished that secret prayer, she came to the open. She said, God, if you will indeed, meaning that it has been settled. He said, when she was taking the advice, he said, if you will indeed, the other way he was saying, as you said, if you will indeed give me a male child, she was specific. She's not just showing a child. She had been told that a male child is coming. He said, if you will indeed give me a male child, I will give it unto you as I have promised. And I won't open. And the child Samuel came. Samuel is the greatest job till tomorrow in Israel. So God wanted to bring a new dimension. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And that's how Samuel came into being. When you know your rights as a child of God and you pray without understanding, you get results. And I pray this morning. I pray for wisdom. I pray for understanding. I pray for empowerment. I pray for the illumination of the word of God to encompass you to overshadow you even in the times of distress that you may be the object of miracle receive in the name of Jesus come on wave your hands say I receive and send to yourself and send to your feet and give God praise because of who you are I give you glory because of who you are, I give you praise. I give you praise. Lord, I give you praise. Because of who you are, I will hear my voice to say, Lord, I worship you. Because of who God, because you are God of mercy, I receive. I don't know what you need. I don't know what you need. But I want you to begin to declare that God, 
Because you are God of mercy, I receive breakthrough this way. Because you are God of mercy, I receive good news. Because you are God of mercy, I receive my divine health. Because you are God of mercy, I receive my promotion. I receive my celebration. I see what I desire. Because you are merciful. And you are my God. Open your mouth and begin to declare, Oh Lord, the merciful God. In you I receive. In you I live. God of mercy. In you I succeed. In you I live. God of mercy. I'm a victor, not a victim. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. This one more prayer. Now, listen to me. When Hannah, when, when Hannah was yet to bring a child, his mates, Penina, used to mock her. Praise the Lord. He used to mock her. But the moment Hannah brought forth her child, Samuel, who was more than one million children, and after that, God gave Hannah five more children personally. Praise the Lord. Penina's voice was never heard again. It was a miracle that silenced the enemy. Lift up your hands and say, Oh Lord, I receive a miracle. I will silence my enemies in the name of Jesus. Begin to receive, I receive a miracle financially, materially, spiritually. I receive a powerful miracle that my enemies cannot talk again. There's a miracle you receive and your enemy will be celebrating you. I receive that miracle. Outstanding miracle. That will cause my enemy to celebrate me. In the name of Jesus. Repotaka Senta Kaba. Manzatarobo Sentarobo. Jikarabasoto Prato Bosanda. Retatambaro. I receive. Outstanding miracle. That will silence my enemies. That will make my enemies to celebrate me, whether they like it or not. A no hope bad miracle. Matarepo Sata. A miracle that will make every member of my family bow to me, like they did to, to Joseph. Miracle that will cause my enemy to bow to me. I receive. I receive. I receive in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. You are blessed with the blessing of the Lord. Now make it rich and added no sorrow. As you step out here today, you will step on a higher level. Listen to me. I command your blesser to locate you. It does not matter where they are on the surface of this earth. I see God provoked and pushing your helper to meet you. Listen to me. Nobody succeed just like that. 
There are human beings that are your ladder of success. I decree this morning that your ladder will not fail you. Your ladder of success will not be missing. Your ladder of success will not fail you. Your ladder of success will not break down. Somebody say, I receive in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Jesus' name. this morning. Praise the Lord. And thank you for the privilege to take this song to. The privilege. I do not merit it, but it's a privilege. Thank you, Mommy, for the privilege. I want to tell us that in God's presence, it's good to be excited because that's where we are. Let's um, close our eyes and begin to think about our desires. Just close your eyes and begin to think about those things that you desire. Hallelujah. Those big dreams you have. That big house you want to live in. That big house. You know, the kind of family you want to live. Just think about all those things. They are made manifest in His grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to understand that how will you bring these things to manifestation? It's through the grace of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then tell somebody that the grace is working for me. And it's good to acknowledge that grace. Praise the Lord. I will still continue. This book is amazing. I want to tell you. If you don't have it, you have to hurry up and grab your own book. It is amazing. I wanted to cross over, but I couldn't. I'm still going back to repeat that grace for wonder. Hallelujah. You see, and now I understand why we had to understand the knowledge of righteousness before you talk about grace. Hallelujah. If you don't have an understanding of who you are in Christ Jesus, you will never understand this message of grace. Thank God for the wisdom, victory prayer this morning. A lot of people, they think that it's by my hard work. You know, that's the reason why you see somebody who is very serious. He thinks he's humble, he's very serious, he's always in church, he does certain things, you know, and he's not getting results. And that scruffy guy, that one that is not always serious, that you think that his, his hair is looking shabby, he pierced his ears, that guy is just having his way, there's result every, anyhow. The guy took advantage of the grace of God. It's not by a walk. I, keep, I tell mommy all the time, I say, mommy, my life is a testimony of God's grace. Seriously, you won't understand when I talk like that. And I'm glad I'm in a place where I have come to understand the message of grace. I didn't, get, I didn't know these things before. I was just living my religious life thinking that I have to walk to attain certain things. If I don't pray hard, I will feel that oh, oh, I've messed about prayer. When I came to White House, <laughs> it was a new picture. I had to unlearn myself and start learning again. And I began to see those secrets. If you are not initiated into that secret, you can't understand it. So when we talk the way we talk here, don't think that we are proud. It's our lifestyle in God. A child of God is proud of who he is. 
I'm a child of the king. My father is the monarch of the universe. I cannot bow to anybody. I therefore don't beg. I will never beg to eat. Because everything that I need is at my disposal. I am the one they are waiting for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to still go back to that Psalm 118 verse 24. He said, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I didn't take notes. I want to tell you something. I was studying, like Pastor was saying she was meditating. I studied the book. I went over and over. I wanted to take note. Everything there is bomb. And I told myself, I said, no, just go out as it is. Just follow it the way it is. Just follow it the way it is. Now, David, the king, he was the one that said, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. He was not privileged to see this day that we are in. Hallelujah. We are the ones that are privileged to see this day. And it's the day indeed that God has made. So, what is our duty? Our duty is to rejoice in this day and be glad in this day. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, I singled out some of the topics that he treated in this book. So I'll just go, we talked about the woman with the issue of blood in our last um, wisdom school. We talked about the, the, um, the raven, how they do not do anything, but God still makes up life for them. So, Daddy taught uh, us of um, how do you use this grace for wonders. So one of the things is that the grace, in order for you to enjoy the grace of wonders, that grace, we worship God in the spirit. That's one of the ways you worship God in the spirit. So I'm going to, I'm going to read first. He said, the word. Mutilation in verse 2 is a parody. A, a, um, Paul used some the writing words on these people. Now, um, for some of us who don't understand the vocabulary there, mutilation is like um, a cut. You know, when they circumcise somebody. So the Jews believe that is that circumcision of the flesh. So they, they believe so much on the law, forgetting the fact that the law has been taken care of. The Bible says Jesus was made sin for us who knew no sin. He came to take care of the law. Mommy taught us about the purpose of the law. How many of us remember the purpose of the law? Why was the law given? Do we remember? Let's, let's try and see we have our mind again. Let's rephrase it. Why was the law given? Mommy, mommy taught us about it. I think Dr. Joy also talked about it one time. Why was the law given? Anybody want to try? Let's not forget we are students of the world. Somebody want to try for us? Yes, hallelujah. Yes, man is not adequate enough to meet God's standard. That was why the law was given, you know. I just, okay, um, but to me. Oh. 
Kimi Kimi. <laughs> Your still of the course is a guide, yes, to lead us to the, to the true grace. It's true, it's right. It's a guide. It's it showing us, pointing us to grace. And now we are in grace. Hallelujah. Now, um, that is a, this grace of wonders. Now, he worships God in spirit. And Apostle Paul was teaching the Galatian church, saying that um, um, we are the circumcision that worship God in spirit and have no confidence in the flesh. The law has to do with the flesh. The law has to do with a lot of things that it is it, always pointing to me, myself, I. But grace is pointing to Jesus. Hallelujah. So let's see. Um, John chapter 4, verse 24. God is a spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The word truth here is opposite of fiction, dignity, or false. Opposite of life, false. Opposite of fiction. That is said, that's truth. The opposite of truth there. And God is telling us that we worship Him in truth and in spirit. I say it also denotes veracity. Reality, that's truth now. We're talking about truth. Truth denotes accuracy. It also denotes integrity, fruitfulness, dependability, and propriety. Hallelujah. To worship God, one of the reasons we worship God in spirit, now that is said, to worship God in spirit, therefore, does not mean mechanical worship. or a mere human activity. Now let's understand. Worshiping God is not just mechanical activity or mere human activity. We come to church, we do a lot of things. It's, it's beyond the things that we do. The reason the choir sing the way they sing, the reason we take the victory prayer, the reason we take the wisdom school, they are all an act of worship. But it's not just in the activity. It goes beyond the activity. It goes, it's about touching life, leading, pointing them to Jesus. Letting somebody know that, yes, you cannot do it, but what, the one that has fulfilled it is here for you. And you live in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The phrase, in truth emphasizes biblical integrity joined to personal honesty manifested in a heart of sincerity a humble manner of transparency and a relation with a relational integrity how do i serve god Am I compelled to do it? Am I forced to do it? Or it's my duty to serve God? David said, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in him. The reason he rejoices is because God has given him access to himself. I don't have to come through anybody. That's the reason I'm excited. 
um, Sister Sharon wants to talk to Daddy in the house. You don't have to go through Dr. John. Hallelujah. You don't have to go through um, Sister Blessing. You just walk up to Daddy. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's a privilege, you know. Unlike sometimes some children want to go because these are the things I didn't know when I was growing up, you know. I have, if I need certain things from my dad, I will send the small one, thinking that daddy loves him more than everyone. Not having the understanding that he loves us equally. And he will get angry and say, why would you come yourself? So all these things, you know, is teaching us how we relate with God. Hallelujah. Truth is reality. I love that word, reality. Truth is reality. The Bible says God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So it takes knowledge to understand truth. Because a lot of Christians today, we hear all kinds of messages. We are all Christians. But it matters the one you choose to follow. Hallelujah. You want to do wonders then you have to be in White House. Because this is where grace. <laughs> you won't understand why I talk the way I talk. I remember during lockdown last year, I was sharing with Dr. Joy. I wrote something that I told her. I don't know if she remember. I said, Dr. Joy, my, um, the, I have faith in the grace of God. You see, the life of grace is a life of faith. That's where a lot of people miss out. This life of grace is a life of faith. Look at the woman with the issue of blood. It's a life of faith. She has spent all, all that she knows how to do. Spent her money, spent her time, visited all kinds of um, physicians. But when she heard about somebody, she said to herself, if only I could touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. So, and she went, she touched, and she, made, she was made whole. And Jesus recognized something. He said, who touched me? That's the amazing part. When you touch Christ, you know, in this life that we live, when you touch God, there's a wonder is released. Because it says, your faith has made thee whole. He knew somebody touched. Jesus, the disciples were distracting me. A lot of people are touching you. Don't you know that someone you about Jesus said, but somebody touched me. So when we are gathered like this and we are worshiping, there are people that are touching God. It's a life of faith. You come here with a lot of things bothering your mind. Don't worry, leave it there. Right before your eyes, they will dissolve. It's a life of the spirit. Hallelujah. I came here like that. I was disorganized. I had no direction, I had no focus. When I talk like this, people will know why I'm talking like this. I had no focus. I you know once in a while, mommy will come visit. I, I was living with my sister. And my mommy would declare words. I was the one that was behind, but I'm always running with those words. I will just take it home. Don't worry. Just keep I keep encouraging myself. And right before my eyes, though, know, I started seeing certain things unfold themselves. And God began to align my life with destiny. And today the life is made from glory to glory. Hallelujah. I say it means being what we say as well as being spiritually energized in our worship. When we say that, the woman said it and she acted it. 
when we say I have the life of God in me, do you know what you're saying? Are we sure we understand what it means? Because these things we're saying, when you know these things, they are the things that help you in your in the wonder. David said, I am a wonder in my world. So to be a wonder is to be a miracle. You yourself be a miracle. Somebody is sick, that person touch you. That person life. It changed forever. One of our sisters here was telling me something that anytime she stays around mommy, you know, she's never she never falls sick. I said, amazing. She understands that. That's wonderful. Why not just carry that aura along as you're going? So that you know you don't see two. People can come around you and not force it. It's knowledge. This opened the way to that worship that the Father expects of us to worship God in spirit. John chapter 3 verse 6 says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. I'm reading from, I'm not reading it from my brain, no. See, this is where I'm taking it from. I'm sure maybe you've not been seeing it. They're all there. <laughs> page 60. If you have your copy here, just go to page 60. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, he said, and we are born of the spirit. So we are spirit. So when we worship God, we worship God in spirit. Hallelujah. Now, that is trying to explain to us. Circumcision is a physical mutilation. It is of the flesh and not of the spirit. That was why Apostle Paul was trying to explain to them the difference. The Holy Spirit is to be invited into and be involved in our worship, enlarging, equipping, and expanding us in praise field. When we worship, you see, that's the difference between grace. When we worship God, yeah, there's so, I was on, 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 um, on Thursday, we were enjoying ourselves in God's presence, yeah, you know. Some people were going to walk, they were on the road just dancing. I knew that that person, there's something that's happening to that person as that person was going. It cannot be like every other normal person. Because I can't come for a church service this morning, and the church had just started. I was just thinking right there, and we're waiting, and something is happening, and I know that I'm a spirit-filled man. I would not walk into there and just enjoy myself. It does not matter. Hallelujah. Then, you know, when my church resumes service, I just enter the service with that, you know, I'm filled already. Hallelujah. They just sit down with their face, wearing long face. I was just thinking, oh, if only they understand why we are happy here. Praise God. You have to know why you're serving God. It's not, you are not called, you are not, you are not forced to do it. It's a life. There's something I read in town. He said that um, the people that shall be created, they shall praise God. That's in the, in, in the book of Psalm. I can't remember the Psalm. But David was saying that the people, and when the Lord shall have built up Zion, you know, he said the people that shall be created, they shall serve God. They shall praise God. The new creation, his life is a life of praise. Just serve, just praise God, worship God. That's the reason we are being called into that life. Hallelujah. 
Worship in the spirit not only refers to one being alive in the spirit, but also includes the Holy Spirit enablement. His grace is expanded worship expression in songs. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19. They do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melodies in your hearts and giving praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, when we gather like this and the worship is going on, and some of us are drunk in the street at the back, we're speaking in tongues. You don't know, tears is just flowing to your eyes. Something is happening to us. Hallelujah. We are lost in the glory of God. Hallelujah. Now, grace, these are the things that bring wonders in your life. When you walk in your office, they look at you. They don't talk. talk that man doesn't know why. That woman doesn't know why. She just loves you. Grace is speaking for you. Hallelujah. That, that is talking about grace or wonders. Grace or wonders. It's telling us that the grace or wonders worship God in the spirit. And it's also telling us that he rejoice in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So if you are in a place where people are not worshipping God in spirit, it's not a place of grace. Because amazingly, in this dispensation, where the grace is so much, because there's a scripture I was studying and I realized something. Where he said, he told us, he said, grow in grace and in the knowledge of God. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of God. You know, something happened before Apostle Paul said that. Apostle Paul was trying to relate the things that are happening in this time that we are. A lot of people think that God is slack concerning his coming, the rapture of the church. So their mind is carried away. And many are, are driven with all forms of doctrines all forms of, of um, teachings. People don't believe in communion anymore. Imagine, people don't, you know, the teachings are just amazing. And, that, and then, you, you know, they feel that they can analyze the word of God with their human sense. You know, so Apostle Paul is warning us. Concerning all these things, God is not slack concerning his coming. That day is going to come, is going to come like a thief in the night. But we that are in love, say, grow in grace and in the knowledge of God. That's what Paul is telling us. Let us not get carried away with what is happening around us. Because just like that day, you still see them happening now. You're telling somebody about the grace. You know, people don't believe that uh, you can actually um, work small and enjoy plenty. Many people don't believe that. They feel it's just work, 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 work. So they, they put all the, the, the when, when they begin to see results, they think that they are the one who did it. They forget that God has done it. Jesus has brought us into a place of plenty. He brought us into a place of plenty and he told us. Most times when we talk about grace, 
If you're not careful, people will tell you that you're not born again. I'm telling you. They're telling people about the grace, they will tell you you're not born again. Because they don't understand the things you're seeing. And meanwhile, we are the one enjoying the grace. Because now we, are, we, we have come to a place where. Ah. He said, grace for wonders, worship God and does not in the flesh. Let me tell you something. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Said something. Can we quickly just look at that? Romans chapter 6, verse 4. If you are there, please read for us. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Are we okay? Romans chapter 6, uh, verse 4. I want us to just quickly see something. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too have a new. Okay, there's another translation. Um, another translation said something that is so interesting. Is it? It said, therefore, let me read from King James Version. Um, okay, it said, therefore. We are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. Now, he said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. He's telling the spiritual man to walk in the newness of life. That place that you have been brought into, walk in that life. The life there is telling you that if you look at the contrast, they're telling you that Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, um, verse um, 11. Thank you, Mommy. Told us that um, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, lives in you he that raised up christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by the spirit of him that dwelleth in you now he's telling us that that holy spirit that raised jesus from the dead is the glory of the father and he's telling us to walk in that newness that's the grace of god is telling you walk in that newness because in that newness of life there's no condemnation in that newness of life i don't see you as condemned it's not looking at how you're dressed to church. It's not looking at the way you, 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 you know, how you position yourself to worship, whether you're sitting or you're standing. No. It's telling you to worship God in the spirit. Hallelujah. That's what it's telling you. 
the newness of life. That's who the new creation, the, the Christian, is bigger than what people see you to be. The other day, we, I, 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 I was talking to somebody, I, I just said, sorry, can I tell you about this? He said, I'm not interested. He will listen. I'm not interested in what you want to tell me about. I laughed in my heart. I said, imagine how ignorance would just lead some people to somewhere. You should have just listened to what I want to say first. Maybe it's something that will help you or not. So when we teach the grace of God, if you come to White House and you hear our message here, we talk about grace. If you are not careful, you will think that we are preaching heresies. So you need to sit down and open your Bible and look again. You begin to see clearly. It's not about what you do. It's about what Jesus Christ has done for us. So we are walking in the finished world from the cross. He finished everything in the, on the cross of Calvary. Then he didn't stop there for us to just uh, see that we're taken care of. But he did something better. He also translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah. So Christ is that place where I live now. Christ is that place where you live. Christ is that grace. So I live in the grace. That's why Apostle Paul told us, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. He said, the, 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 the word there is communion of the Holy Ghost. In other words, as I walk, I am in that grace. I talk to the grace. I walk in the grace. I romance the grace. Oh, thank you for that word of today. He said, romance of fellowship. Hallelujah. Everywhere I go, I just know who I am. Oh, Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your love. I couldn't have been able to do it. Everybody did not trust in me. Nobody believed in me. I was a failure, but you made me a success. You made me a champion. You made me a billionaire. I'm a Googleer. Oh, the nations of the world, they are coming unto me. Father, I love you for loving me so dearly. Thank you for bringing me into this oneness, this union with you. Oh, I did not merit it. I did not qualify for you. qualified me. You just brought me into that presence. It is not my fault that I talk the way I talk. He made me that way. That's why I talk the way I talk. I'm proud in him. I'm a billionaire. I'm a billionaire. Watch out, my brothers and sisters. How many of us are billionaires here? Let me see the billionaires in White House. Some of you are not saying it with confidence. <laughs> oh, it will shock you. You better say it so that we'll go together. Don't, we are not playing here. I'm telling you. We are not playing. Be careful how you, you do the things of God. When we are talking, these things are real. I'm telling you. You know, that's what grace has done for me. Let me tell you a small story before I round up like this. Apostle Paul um, was telling the church, the Jews in um, the, the book of Hebrew. He said, let us therefore, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace and obtain mercy. So that we can find grace and help in time of need. Why did he say that? He was teaching us how to walk in grace. I did some practical move of how to operate in grace here now. Apostle Paul was talking about how unbelief made them perish in the wilderness. Unbelief did not make them. That's what is happening now. You see preachers, they are teaching grace as, oh, I don't know how to, grace, the, the work of grace has finished everything for us. And a man is telling you what you should do. 
when God has even just done everything for you, the struggle. How can somebody come for communion and say he's not taking communion? He does not believe in communion. Who cares what you believe? And the and the, and, and, and the truth us, do this. Always in remembrance of me. You are not walking and you're not running without truth. And you struggle every day. Maybe that's the communion, that's what would have changed your life. You don't care. And he's telling them, if these people perish in the wilderness, <laughs> we, we need to give them more energy to the things that we have heard today. Lest we too will be like them. So he told us, let us therefore labor so that we will come into this rest. This, that place of grace is a place of rest. Grace is a place of rest in God. You don't struggle for anything. You wake up in the morning, you are inside grace. You are walking, you are inside grace. How can accident come near you? How can sickness come near you? Poverty has no that you, you and poverty has no you are not in the same the, the, my God will call it the parallel line, right? You are not in the same level. That's the difference. That's the reason you see some of us here. We hold on to the word of God tenaciously and things are happening in our lives. You'll be wondering, I never see I'm going. Don't worry, right before your eyes, everything will just become manifest. You are waiting to see it when we have seen the end already from the beginning. Don't you know that God has He trusts in you? He trusts in you. So why will you not trust in yourself? Begin to shine here. Because we shine here. We shine here. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul told us to grow in grace. Grow in grace. So I don't want to talk too much. I've said some things that um, if you have any questions, you can still ask. And if you have contribution, please contribute. Please contribute. Please, if you get home, take this book. If it's just, make it like, I want to digest two pages every day. This book. Two pages every day. Two pages every day. Just do it. I heard Pastor, um, Dr. Miles Morel, he said he made it a habit to finish one book every week. One book. And I started doing that, you know. Even though if I cannot finish one book, but at least make it a duty to just go through. As you study your Bible, because we are in the dispensation of grace, go through that book. It will amaze you the things that you think you used to see and know. How God will open your eyes. That the, the, the other book that we the, the, the new man still try and go through those books. They are awesome. Hallelujah. If you if you have any question, please ask. Contributions, questions. Okay. No questions. Okay. Um, I think uh, Bradam asked how about growing in grace. How do we grow in grace? How do we grow in grace? Or someone might be asking, how can I do it? How do I grow in grace? 
Is anyone in the house I want to answer? Is anyone in the house I want to answer? How do we pray in grace? Because things like this, you might be wondering, hey, I want to pray in grace. Because Apostle Paul said it. But how do I grow in grace? Praise the Lord. In order not to waste time. Okay. God bless you. Thank you. Yes. You read the word because the word of the word of God is our life, just like water is the life of the fish. Take the fish out of water, it dies. Take the word of God out of us, we become something else. Praise the Lord. If you are not conscious of a thing, consciousness in the kingdom is very important. Praise the Lord. You heard what he was saying. He his walking is in grace. Whatever he does, he sleeps is, is in grace. He wakes up, is in grace. That's being conscious. Praise the, praise the Lord. I decided to come up and say because, you know, when you hear that word, you have to do, you have to grow, you know, this wonder, how do I do this, how do I do You have to be conscious of who you are. You have to be 247 conscious. It's a consciousness that activates the grace of God in our lives. Activates, activates not only the grace of God, but anything. Our identity is consciousness. Our Apostle Paul said something. He said, awake to righteousness and sin not. To awake is to be conscious, aware. I know who I am. I'm aware of who I am. You are sleeping in your dream and somebody, you hear yourself saying who you are. Praise the Lord. It shows the thing has sunk into, it has entered the other realm. Not that in your dream, or maybe anything, you say who you are not. Praise the Lord. Consciousness makes you, even in your dream, even in your dream, you find yourself saying what you believe. That's when you know that the thing has sunk in. Praise the Lord. But you have to say it, say it, say it over and over. Say it. Christianity is about saying what you believe. Amen. Christianity is about saying your belief. Speak your belief and be conscious of your belief. The more you say it, the more you're conscious of it. Praise the Lord. We have to be conscious of who we are. Be conscious of this grace life. Amen. Amen. It says, um, Second Corinthians. Is it Romans that said it? You know. It said, "Those that will receive the abundance of grace, those that will receive abundance of grace, and they give." But if you are not conscious of this grace, how can you receive it? Praise the Lord. The more you are conscious of grace, the more you are speaking wells. You are speaking sound health. The more praise the Lord. People are speaking like you are speaking. You are not speaking what you see. You speak what the word of God says. And then you begin to see. Praise the Lord. It's because I perceive somebody might be saying, How do I grow in grace? That's why I came up. You grow in grace by being conscious of that grace of God in your life. 
and speak what you believe. When you're conscious, any man that is conscious of anything, you find the person speaking that thing, saying that you, you speak your consciousness. You speak what you are conscious of. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When in school and somebody in Bible school and somebody came, you, you come out and introduce yourself. Okay, let us introduce ourselves. We're introducing ourselves. I am Pastor this, I am Brother this, I am from and So Church. And then one brother came out, I'm sure he's from Worry. He shouted, Amia! And everybody shouted, Bah! Hey! And then our class captain stood up and said, No, we are, we are not going more than that. Why will you be shouting over in the house of God? And everybody responded. Praise the Lord. We speak what is the abundance of the heart, the mass speaker. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please, I want us to be conscious of this grace. The more you're conscious of the, of the grace of God in your life, you realize that you don't have any need. You don't have need. Praise the Lord. You realize that you don't just have need. You realize that your needs are met. Praise the Lord. The more we are, because grace talks about abundance in Christ. Grace talks about abundance. It does not talk about lack. Grace does not know lack. Amen. So you find yourself speaking abundance. Speaking abundance, speaking riches, speaking wealth, speaking who you are. I want us to be conscious. Let's be conscious. Like she said, if you don't read your Bible, how can you know? Amen. So I want us to be conscious of who we are. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Our Father, we thank you so much for an awesome Bible study we had this morning. This morning, Spirit, Holy Spirit Divine, the greatest teacher. Thank you for teaching us again. Thank you for pointing those basic things to us again. Those things that will make us to reign in life. Thank you so much. Thank you for helping us to be conscious of our identity. Jesus was so conscious of his identity that he spoke it. He kept saying it. I am from above. I'm the light of the world. You know, he kept saying it. Thank you for reminding us of who we are. Thank you for helping us to say it. Thank you for helping us to become it. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.